Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Let's get into the Word this morning. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray this morning that our hearts are strengthened in your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Okay. So looking at maximizing your potentials, part three, we're looking at your destiny and your skills. Your destiny and your skills. So the fact that you are on this earth, God has positioned and has equipped you with certain skills to be able to be successful on this earth. And we all need to be on the same page concerning success. What is success? Success is fulfilling God's original plan for your life. That's what success is. Success is not what you drive. Success is not what you wear. Success is not where you stay. Success is fulfilling God's original intention for your life. Not your own plan, but God's original intention for your life. We all know that one of the men who was so strong in the area of purpose is Dr. Mans Moreau. So I'll give you three quotes from Dr. Mans. Number one, he says, Your fulfillment in life is dependent on you becoming and doing what you were born to be and to do. Your fulfillment in life is in doing or becoming who you were born to be or doing what you were born to do. That is what brings fulfillment in life. That's what brings fulfillment in life. And he says, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without a reason. It is dangerous to be alive and not know why you were given life. It is dangerous to be alive and not know why you were given life. Why are you here? You see, in the business, today we talked about priority in our Sunday dialogue class. In the business of life, we can just be caught up in what I'll call a mob action way of living. This is what everybody is doing, and you just run after them. Sometimes, we're just busy in life. No time. No time. Some of us don't even have time for families anymore. In an attempt to give our families better life, we're not there for them. We're not there for them. For some of us, there's no affection for our spouse anymore. All in a bit to just get it going. And you realize, it's probably said, I've never stayed close to someone who died. Or nobody has died in my present. But people normally say that when people are dying, they don't ask for the money in their bank account. They always ask for people. Go call my first child. Go call my sister. Go call my brother. Why? Because those are the things that really matter in life. Don't be busy. Be productive. Some of us are so busy we don't even have time for God anymore. We can't contribute our best to the local church. We live as if we will not be accountable for our lives. Most of us have lost a sense of accountability and stewardship to a creator. We, we are our own God. We are our own God. We define our worship by what we feel like. Even though God talks about the priority of the local 
for church. It's not a priority to us. Why? We don't have time. But yeah, there's time for everything else. We don't even have time for our purpose, our original purpose. We have time to make everyone feel like we're successful. We're still marking the peer card game. You know, sometimes you think that it's only teenagers that are under peer pressure. Amazingly, many adults live under peer pressure. We've got two cars, then we need to have two cars. This one is there, then I need to be there. This one is doing this, I need to be doing this. People should inspire you, but should never drag you into competition. Because it's amazing sometimes when you look at the lifestyle of people and you think they're very successful until you get close to them and discover they are maybe full of debts. Everything is on credit. And here you are stretching your meager resources to be able to catch up with them. And because one of the virtues we're losing in Christianity every day is, is patience. We seem not to be patient anymore. We can't wait for God. So we need to make it happen. Why? Because we need to share that testimony and make it quick. You know, it's almost about acceleration, speed, double overtaking. Um, you know, 24-hour miracle. It can happen now. It can happen now. It can happen now. Faith being taught without patience being taught will breed greedy and covetous believers. If you are taught faith, you must be taught patience. There are things that will take time. God can love you so much that you get pregnant today and give birth tomorrow. Do you understand that? Or you don't understand? If you don't understand, all you have to do is impregnate your wife and then bring her to me and I say, oh God, we just want this baby out tomorrow. We can't wait for nine months. It's too much. You understand? This is a season of acceleration. Get this baby out. That baby will never have a pampas size in this world. And during the dedication, you look for another pastor. Why? It takes time. Are you following what I'm saying? You must realize that some things in your life will take time. Prayer will not hasten it. Fasting will not hasten it. Seed sowing will not hasten it. Tapping into the anointing will not hasten it. Drinking oil will not hasten it. Mantle will not hasten it. It will take time. And in fact, your anxiety will increase the time. So you better be at peace and rest and wait on God. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 26. I read from the NIV and the NLT version. NIV is the New International Version. It says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. You must make sure you're not living aimlessly. You're not fighting aimlessly. You're not running aimlessly. The new, the, the NLT, New Living Translation, I like the way it says. It says, so I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I run with purpose in every step. I run with purpose in every step. Every step of your life, every day of your life must be purpose-driven. Every day. Make every day count. Make, you see, every day of your life, you're either moving to the direction of your purpose or you're moving away from it. Every action 
Is either taking you towards your purpose or taking you away from it. No action will leave you neutral. You know what I always tell you in this church, right? No words will ever leave you the same. In fact, my daughter this morning, I know she, she got a heat of herself. Uh, we're get, getting dressed to come to service, and she was talking to my, with uh, Caris. And I heard one of the words you never use in my house is fear. We don't fear. God has not given us that spirit. I don't care whether you are joking or not. So she said, oh, I'm not something, 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 but I only fear dinosaurs. So I heard fear. You know, I was entering the room. When she saw me, she just, I said, what did you say? He said, oh, I fear dinosaurs. I said, no, we don't fear. Come, let's have a confession. In the name of Jesus, I'm born of the Spirit of God. Christ has not given me the Spirit of fear. Held our hands. We did that confession. We were doing it for seven times. In the name of Jesus, we're not afraid. No fear here. Why? Because everything counts. Everything counts. Everything counts. Oh, we're just joking. No, we don't joke with words. We give account of every idle word we speak. So if we say the wrong word, we reverse it immediately. And the reverser is going to take time and effort. So you better think. Every step. So I run with purpose in how many steps? Every step. Tell your neighbor, every step has to count. Oh, say it like you mean it. Say, every step has to count. Every action has to drive you to purpose. Praise God. Two things God has given us for free to maximize our potentials. Number one is time. Number two is skill, that ability, that talent. Some of you can cook very well. Amazing cooks. Some of you can taste things. You know, I'm the wrong person to ask if the food is sweet. If I tell you that a particular food is not sweet, <laughs> the way you are laughing, you already know. You know that nobody can eat it. Some of you have that ability. You could just test. Some of you can naturally just see patterns and designs and Stop. You see, like I said before, the heavens belong to God and the earth he has given to the sons of men. Whether you are a child of God or not, there is skill given to everybody on earth to be able to succeed, whether they know God or not. That is the creator's gift to humanity. It has nothing to do with whether you're born again. So it simply answers the question when people say, eh, if it's like, why are unbelievers rich? Why are believers not rich? You see, there's a spiritual dimension to wealth. But there's also the physical, earthly engagement to wealth. Let me give you a typical example from the scriptures. When that prophet and his wife were indebted and the man died and his children were about to be taken indebted, in indebtedness, what did the prophet do? The prophet multiplied the oil. Am I right? Talk to me, church. I call this money. Do you need tea? Don't even say yes. Who said yes? I know some of you. The feeding program is not for you. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> you understand that? The prophet multiplied the oil. But what did the prophet tell the woman? Come on, what did the prophet tell the woman? I didn't hear you. What did the prophet tell the woman? Go and sell so you can pay your debt. So the prophet initiated a miracle, but had to bring her to the earth system to be able to get money. That's something we miss in church. We are always about multiplying the oil, 
But we're not always about telling people to go sell. So we multiply the oil, we finish everything. Say, prophets, more multiplication. No, it doesn't work that way. And you see, that woman was never recorded anymore that she was indebted. Because what you need to do to engage money on the earth realm is to create value. God can start you up with a miracle, but you have to follow it with a principle. I can give you another example. In the matter of two or three witnesses, the word is established. When they were going in the wilderness, God gave them miracle manna and bread and all of the stuff, send them meat and the rest. But when they got to the land of Canaan, what happened? They started farming. So miracles stopped in the wilderness. But in the land of Canaan, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. But if you want it, you have to dig for it. There is a, a teaching that is almost breeding laziness in Christianity. And you must be wary of it. You must run away. If not, it will make you disappointed at God. You will just be angry at people for nothing. Why? Because you don't understand that creation of value is critical to engage in the earth realm. And God has given every man a certain skill. So two things God has given to you for free to be able to maximize your life on earth. Number one is time. Everybody say time. And everybody has what? 24 hours. Everybody has what? 24 hours. Do we agree with that? Okay. Then the next one is skill. Now everybody has a skill. It might not be the same, but you do have. You might not have found that, but you do have. Praise God. Okay. I'm going to read. Your approach to these two things will determine a lot in life. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. I'm going to read from two translations. From the New King James, I think. He said, I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous. Sorry, 3.17. Ecclesiastes 3.17. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked since there is a time for every activity and every deed. God will judge the righteous and the wicked for there is a time. There is a time there for every purpose and every work. So we are judged also based on the use of time. You know, most of us think that judgment is all about sin. Every time we mention judgment, ah, I'm not a sinner, I'm not a sinner. You'll be judged for the use of your time. You'll be judged for the use of your time. You have to be accountable to God. Because your time is God's gift to you. Most of us don't think of our time that way. We don't think of our time like something we have to be accountable to God for. We use it the way we like. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. Everything on earth has its own time and its own season. The contemporary English version, the CEV. Ecclesiastes 3.1. To everything there's a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. The fact that you are still on this earth realm, you are dealing with time. Time is a big deal. As far as you're on this earth realm, time is a big deal. I like how Psalm 90 verse 12 reads. I'm going to read it from five translations. The King James Version. So teach us the number of days that we might apply our hearts unto wisdom. The Christian Standard Bible. Teach us to number our days carefully. I like the word carefully. So that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. The Contemporary English Version. Teach us to use wisely all the time that we have. Teach us to use wisely all the time that we have. Teach us to use wisely all the time that we have. 
So there must be wisdom in using your time. There must be wisdom in using your time. The word number in the, in the Hebrew is mana, M-A-N-A-H. It means to allot. It's like saying, I'm going to allot this time to this. That's what it means to number, not just to count, but to apportion. It's like saying, I'm going to give my time to these and these and these and this. It says, teach us to be able to allot our time properly so we can develop a heart of wisdom. So, in the use of time is wisdom. In the use of time is wisdom. You're either using time to contribute to your purpose or you're using time to walk away from your purpose. Two things we can do with time. Number one, we can invest it. We can invest it. Number two, we can spend it. We can either invest it or spend it. Time cannot be destroyed. Time cannot be replaced. Time cannot be paused. Time can't be destroyed. It can't be replaced. You can't purse it. You either have to invest it or to do what? Or spend it. Paul tells us to redeem the times for the days are evil. A translation says use the times carefully because there are evil times upon us. Redeem the time. It's like try to buy back time. You must ask yourself what you're doing with your time. Are you getting better or you're getting worse? What are you doing with your time? We live almost in a society where <laughs> you can't even tell people right now that you are not available for something. Then people are going to get offended all over the time, all the, all, all, all the while. So much spirit of offense in our generation in such a way that it's almost like if you want people to be happy with you, you just have to try and please everybody. Nobody can take no. You know, you don't show up for some people's wedding, they're going to kill you. You don't show up for birthday parties, you're going to kill you. You just have to show up. That's why it's good to set your standards very early. Let people just know what you're about. If not your time, <laughs> even me as a pastor, you know, most people think, Pastor, oh, there's nothing, I don't mind those people. They just sit and preach 45 minutes on Sunday and collect big tithes and offering. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Especially if you want to be on the cutting edge. And I have to always tell myself, I have to prioritize study and prayer. Study and prayer has to take priority. If not, people are just going to be all over your neck. Oh, pastor, this, oh, pastor, you need this, oh, this one. This one is asking for counseling. This one wants you to be a mentor. This one is inviting you. Somebody's blasting you on Facebook. You need to respond to them everywhere. That's why the scripture says, while it was yet day, Jesus would separate himself and go to the mountain to pray. Skill. Let's read a story from 1 Samuel chapter 16. Skill. And I want you to pay very close attention to this. That whatever destiny God has prophesied over your life, it will take your skill to get there for it to happen. Praise God. 1 Samuel 16, do you have the Amplified? I'm going to read from verse 12 and I'm stop at verse 18. So Jesse sent word and brought him in. Remember David was, <laughs> David was forgotten. David was rejected. 
Imagine if a prophet came to your house and said they wanted to anoint a king. You know prophets don't move anyhow. Listen, anybody that's not even related to you, but you have an idea that they were related before until you realize they were not related, you bring everybody. Because you're like, I mean, just choose anybody from around me. Do you understand? <laughs> and then they forgot David. So Jesse sent word and brought him in. Now he had a ruddy complexion with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. The Lord said to Samuel, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David. Remember, if God had not stopped Samuel, Samuel would have anointed the wrong person. Are you here with me? It means that no matter how anointed a man of God is, he is still man. He can make mistakes. And that's why you must not go into idolatry. No man of God is 100% perfect. Just as they teach you and apply the word, they have to also apply the word because they are first of all believers before they are pastors. Okay. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. <laughs> and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented and terrified him. Saul's servant said to him, Behold, I remember one time, someone wanted to come visit me. And uh, the club I like was playing football, they had a football game that weekend. So it was a very important game. I knew we were going to lose, but still okay to just... <laughs> it was our losing days where we were not sure. And so the guy said, oh, I'm going to come out between 45. I said, no, I'll be watching soccer by then. Oh, he said, ah, it's very important. <laughs> I, the match is also important. Do you understand what I'm saying? If it's not important, I won't tell you. It's also important to me for my personal happiness. It is important. I know we're going to lose, but let me just watch the loss. It's okay. And I think somebody close to me who grew up with me just told him that, listen, even if pastor says you should come, when you come to the house, that's 90 minutes, he will not pay attention to you. Do you understand? So, it just shows that we're still humans, okay? So, I don't pray all the time. I don't read all the time. There are even days I don't feel like praying. So, I tell God today, I don't feel like praying. I'll sleep a bit more and shift my prayer time. Is that okay? Okay, you don't want to hear that. Okay, I pray all the time. Verse 14, Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented and terrified him. Saul's servant said to him, Behold, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. We need to deal with this, because then, if you don't understand this, then people teach that God can send evil spirits. But there's, this is not time for theology now. This, this is motivation I'm speaking. <laughs> Let our Lord now command your servants, who are here before you, to find a man who plays skillfully on the harp. And when the evil spirit from God is on him, he will play the harp with his hands and you will be well. So Saul told his servants, look at the request of the king. Find me a man who plays well and bring him to me. One of the young men said, now remember, they just anointed David to be king. But how was David going to start his way to the palace? Remember this guy grew up in the wilderness. And God, I have told you here, even though God, is, God releases favor, God is also a fair God. So you are not going to just take a king from nowhere. Just take him from the palace and just make him king without understanding the protocols of the palace. It will not work. I remember telling one guy one time, I said, what's the solution to the problem of this country? He said, my brother, is prayer. It's prayer. <laughs> so I said, so I just asked him, if you are a senator, what? he said, if they will not do any bid. In the senate chambers, they will start with prayers. I said, okay. One reason we should never vote you. You don't even have a clue. Is prayers important? Yes. But there's also a time where you have to use your mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
<laughs> I remember one young man, when we started church, every time he said, oh, pastor, I want to come to church to pray. I want to come to church to pray. He was telling me about that. So one day I asked him, you, are you walking? He said, no. I said, okay, the prayers are too much. Because if you're going to be doing that, doing that, at the point you now get, start getting offended that church is not helping you. So it's good to pray in church, but you can't be praying every day. So pray on Monday, then go and look for work from Tuesday to Friday. So just make Monday your prayer time. And he took that advice. In less than a month, he got a job. What was he praying for? He was praying for a job. You can't get a job here. Do you understand that? When you finish praying, you do what people who are looking for jobs do. What do they do? They go out and look for jobs. There is always the spiritual aspect to life and the natural aspect to life. If you don't get it in the right balance, it will make a mockery of your Christianity. Look at this now. Then there are people who just get on the natural. They don't pray at all. That's also wrong. So Saul told the servants, find me a man who plays well and bring him to me. One of the young men said, behold, I've seen a son of Jason, the Bethlehemite, who is a skillful musician. Everybody says skillful musician. A brave and a competent man, a warrior, discerning, prudent, eloquent in speech, and a handsome man. And the Lord is with him. Wow. Interesting. Those of you who are looking for who to get married to, write all these things down. Eight of them. He's got all of them. Number one, he was a skillful musician. The question is, where did David develop this skill? In the wilderness. But what brought him to the palace was not the anointing. It was his skill, see as that a man diligent in his business. He will stand before kings. All the promises of God over your life would require a level of skill to come to pass. God can prophesy greatness over your life. If you don't work on your skill, you will just be somebody who is prophetically great. In the realm of the spirit, you are very great. On earth, don't be a prophecy collector. Ah, this one has prophesied over me. This one has prophesied over me. This one has prophesied over me. It's okay. Just leave out one of them. Praise God. Just leave out one of them. Number two, he was brave. Number three, the Bible says he was competent. Competent. Number four, he was a warrior. Number five, he was discerning. Number six, he was prudent and eloquent in speech. How was David developing all of this in the wilderness? Your period of wilderness is when you need to work on yourself. You don't get ready when the opportunity has shown up. Praise God. I said praise God. Every day you should be working on a particular skill. Work on how to speak. Work on your social skills. Work on your relationship skills. If you write, work on your writing skills. If you sing, work on your voice. Don't say, well, I have a very special song to sing. Don't mind the voice. Listen to the words. We mind everything. We mind the voice. We mind the words because the words is going to come through the voice. Don't settle for mediocrity in your life. You have just one life to live. You are not experimenting. You are not an alien who is going to come back and live the real life. This is it. And your days are counting. Say amen. Okay. Number seven, he was handsome. Number eight, the Lord was with him. 
Can you see that there were seven, seven natural characteristics and one spiritual characteristic? The Lord was with him. Now, the Lord is not just with you. The Lord is in you. So you are even worth more, more than David. Christ is in us, right? You're not sure? Okay, if you're not sure, then we'll send you to the children's class. So you should be sure now. Christ is in you. So number eight is covered. So what is left is number one to seven, right? Now, all of us have a degree of handsomeness and beautifulness. Is there anything like beautifulness? I'm not sure. Put it there somewhere. So there's a degree to everybody. Nobody's actually ugly. You know, have you been to some wedding and you're asking yourself, so what did this girl see in this guy? You're just asking yourself, like, ah, I cannot, I cannot. That's why you're not the one we came to watch. It's the person who can that all of us came for. Do you understand that? Don't kill people over their choices. So that's why it's always right to say beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. It's not a Bible verse, but it's correct. So number eight and number seven is covered. Right? So the Lord is in you. You're handsome. Either naturally or by faith. You are. So you can take that as a confession. So you are left with number one to six. You should be skillful in something. You should be brave about something. You should be competent about something. There should be a degree of a warrior in you. You must be a fighter. Listen carefully to me. Life is tough. Get used to it. Your father died when you were 16. Yes, sir. Next chapter. Your wife left you. She shouldn't have left, but she's gone. Your husband left you. You are a single parent. Nobody sent you to school. The first uncle who should help you decided to help your nephew. Enough of the stories. There should be a fighter on the inside of you that refuses to give up until God's plan for your life come to pass. And nobody is the reason why you are failing. The day you stop laying blames on people, on churches, on government, on God, and you take responsibility for your life, that day you set the path on progress. Listen to this. Nobody, absolutely nobody on this earth owes you anything. Say amen. So we all agree. David was rejected and left in the bush, but he sharpened his skills and built confidence. He had an anointing from God, but his skills brought him to the palace and brought that word to pass. Not sharpening your skill is actually delaying the purpose of God for your life from coming to pass. There's a level of competence that is needed for the future to be birthed. You've got to develop it. Identify your gift. Investigate your gift. Invest in your gift. I told you about this on Sunday. Identify it. Investigate it. Research around it. Invest in it. Use the season of your life to get better. Use the season of your life to become a better you. When opportunity comes, make sure you're ready. Use your time to focus on your purpose and sharpen your skill. In the 21st century, there are massive time wasters. Time wasters. Number one, social media. Massive time waster. You know, social media was also developed with an addictive technology. So it's very addictive. That's why some of you wake up the first morning, you check your Instagram. 
Check Facebook, check Twitter. Before you know, two hours gone. Even if they delete that app from your phone, unconsciously, you will still be seeing Facebook. You will just carry it and still be seeing status. The app is not there. See, because you have become one spirit. That's why, you see, when people go to work, I'm, I'm in most organizations, they take out the ability to go on social media. If not, people will waste time. In fact, 46% of people's time at work that have access to social media is spent on social media. That's why, you see, some organizations, I even know certain banks, as you go in the morning, they take your phone from you. Alright? So you can focus. Two, friends. Friends can waste time. Those of you who have friends in every street, every corner, there's online friends. There's, there are friends on Facebook, friends on WhatsApp, friends on Telegram. There's, there's physical friends. Then some of you even have spiritual friends. So even in the night, in dream, you go for visitation and come. You are tired. You walk a day, you walk in the night, you just go and visit. You visit people in the dream, you come back, you go and eat, you come back, you go everywhere. In the dream, it's another life entirely. By the time you log out from this life, you log in. And then just so, so you wake up tired. You are walking. You, he gives his beloved sleep. You don't apply that scripture. You are always everywhere. Buying and selling. Have another spiritual life entirely. Events. You can't be in every birthday. You can't be in every wedding. You are everywhere. You even, you have the calendar of events. Even when they just say, ah, do you know this person is getting married? You say, who? Say, I, I forgot to the name. Say, tell me the compound. Just, we just say that call. You say, no, you have the data. Once people are not sure of a wedding, they call you. That are classmates in primary two. Oh, which of them? Which primary two? Primary two, A or green? Uh, okay. Unhealthy discussions. Every time you spend talking, it's time you could have used for something else. So you need to ask yourself, is this discussion healthy? Is it progressive? Is it helping me? Non-progressive meetings. Non-progressive meetings. Non-progressive associations. Non-progressive chats. You know, sometimes when people are chatting me on WhatsApp, I just pick up the phone and call them. Because you know that chat back and forth can just take time. Hello, hi, how are you? I'm fine. And you? I'm fine. Hi, is family? Family is fine. What about the chicken? The chicken is okay. And your goat uncle, we are fine. Hello, sir. Are you there? I'm here. For what now? There, especially when you now have like all those network. I mean, you know, sometimes people greet me and I laugh. You just say, I celebrate grace. So I say, is this good morning or good afternoon or this high emoji? I mean, things just, it will take your time. We don't actually have this time. Because we're going to stand before God and he's going to ask us what we did with it. Some of you in the name of multi-talented people is just distraction. You are just a distracted human being. You're not an expert in anything. Young Women Association, you are the vice president. Association of Women Who Are Not Too Young. You are the Assistant Secretary General. Old Boys of Calagari High School. You are the first PRO. Boy Scout Association of Nigeria. You are the Grand Patron. Guest Scout. You are the Great Grand Patron. Women Scouts. You are the Assistant Vice President. And in all of these associations, you are not contributing anything. But you just like that feeling. Some of you, it's even your death you are preparing for. Say, when I die, they will have many canopies. Boy Scout, Girl Scout, Women Scout. And all of that plan is to put all of us in trouble. Because then, now say, church needs to support. People need to support. Why are you causing problems when you are not here? 
One day I was talking to my dad. I said, I wish we had that culture where when people die, they just burn them, just cremate them, put the ashes. It will save us money. Fuel and matches. In life with like two five, we are done. And the spirit will not pursue anybody. Leave that, leave that thing. It won't pursue any, then nothing. Nothing. Won't pursue anybody. Pursue who? <laughs> you know, if the spirit is pursuing you, all you need to do is stand up, like the matches again. Say, do you want second born? Boom, second. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> television, television. Series film, right? Series one, two, three, four, five, six. Season two, part one. Season three, part six. Time is going. Telemundo, time is going. Z Wall, time is going. Some of you just put it in your shop. Even when you are closing the shop, they let you just be talking. You don't want those people to feel bad. Like I stopped you guys from talking. You need to watch all of this stuff. All right. Ephesians 6.16, so we can close. I'm going to read from six translations. NIV, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. NLT, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. ESV, make, making the, the best use of the time because the days are evil. KJV, Ephesians 5.16, redeeming the time. I like the CEV. These are evil times, so make every minute count. Good news translation. Make good use of every opportunity you have because the days are evil. Listen to this. You don't have any excuse to remain the same person that you are in the next six months. There's no reason why you should fail. There's no reason why you should be poor. There's no reason why you should be broke. There's no reason why you should be grumbling about life. Go back and take a stock on your life. Make the next 24 hours count. One day at a time. You can be more. You can do more. And I want to urge everybody in this house, especially our men, spend time with your family. Spend time with your children. You've got approximately 15, 16 years that they're just going to be in your life. By the time they get into secondary school, they're on their way out. Spend time with them. Spend time with your wife. Spend time with your wife. Show affection with your wife. Have time for your family. Have time for genuine friends. Spend time with people. Spend time with the local church. At the end of the day, all these things, houses, cars, money, investment, you will still now be looking for people to be around you. Nothing fulfills in life like good relationship. I want to urge every man in this house, invest in your family. Don't just look at the economic investment. I know things are tough, but give them something money cannot buy. Spend time with your children. Get to know them. Spend time in praying with your family. Praise God. And for women, spend time with your husband. Love on them. Just be there. Let your husband know he can count on you. Proverbs 31, it says, the heart of a husband safely trusting her. Let's prioritize family again. Let's prioritize relationships. Let's prioritize being together in the presence of God. Let's reevaluate our priorities. Praise God. Praise God. And I can tell you this. Those memories you create with your family would remain in their mind forever. Spend time to do that. And most importantly, be the best you. Look at the gift that God has given to you. Look at the abilities that God has given to you and make something out of your life. Let's pray.
Father, we pray for everyone this morning. And I'm asking that you just stay our hearts in this direction. Cause us, Lord, to be established in the right paths. In the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for everyone here, Father God, that you give us the wisdom to maximize our days. Give us the wisdom to maximize our days, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.